Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with Chris. Today, we have a lot of NFL things to get to. We have some NBA storylines to get into, uh, NFL things. I have a, a rule that I think needs to be changed, the overtime rule. We have a couple players going to the uh, injury reserve, like Cam Newton and Deshaun Jackson. We got uh, Nick Foles coming back, so that mean that means Gardner Minshew is going back to the bench to be the backup. We have a uh, Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, getting injured. He might be able to play through it. It's just an MCL sprain, so he might be able to, you know, work his way through that. But that that might change that division as well because they're like a half game behind um, Houston in that division. Uh, Green Bay, they suffered a, a bad, bad loss. Uh, Seattle, they pulled away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm going to talk about the worst divisions in football, the NFC and the AFC East. And then on the NBA side, I uh, got LeBron with three straight triple doubles. We got Trey Young playing really well. We got Kyrie playing really well. And we're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard also with this load management. I mean, two weeks into the season, there's no reason that he should be taking games off already. But we're going to get into that on the other side. Huh? Thank you for listening. So the first thing that popped in my head as I was going through all of the the NFL games, just doing recaps and watching highlights and watching uh, reviews and looking at stats and looking at box scores, the AFC and the NFC East are really, really bad divisions. I mean, so there's eight teams total. So, you know, you had the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Patriots and the Bills, but but you got four good solid teams. They have four teams are just terrible. I mean, they're, they're not even teams that are like, okay, they're bad, but they're like a play away, a player two away from being, you know, a solid team. Like these teams are bad. I mean, the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets are just bad, bad teams. And the AFC and the NFC East, they play each other this year. So all those teams, they have to play each other. So, I mean, we had Miami, I believe they play Washington already. I think Miami still has to play the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, and but it's just bad. I mean, I'm watching the Jets and the Dolphins game, which don't don't judge me. You know, I go through all the games. I'm pretty sure I'm one of the only people that actually took the time off to watch a game between the Jets and the Dolphins. But the end of the first half, this is how you know you're watching two bad teams because at the end of the first half, you had a situation where. There was a kick return by the Jets, and Vincent Smith, who I believe is one of their wide receivers, he returned it, I believe, to like the 20-yard line. He had a really, really good return. And they're about to, they're about to go into the score right, right before the half. And, it's the bet. and Sam Darnold just throws a terrible interception. I mean, he's, he's rolling out. And sometimes when there's nothing there, just throw it away and take the field goal. Just, just get some points before the half. I mean... And he throws a, just a bad interception. And the Dolphins, they intercepted, but they're at the one-yard line. And the Dolphins end up, you know, they're trying to kneel it. I believe they were trying to just kneel to get into halftime. And uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, he ends up fumbling, ends up turning to a safety. And I'm thinking, like, these guys can't do anything right. And when, you, when you're looking at – when you're watching two bad teams play, that's the kind of plays you see. You just see terrible plays just made all over the place. I mean, it goes from a, a good kick return. You know, they can get a field goal at worst. And maybe a touchdown. They they don't score. They throw an interception, and the Dolphins can't even nail the ball right. Or they shouldn't be trying to nail from the one yard line anyway. So 
and they end up getting a safety out of that. And then the Jets came back and that safety, the Jets were able to flip that safety to a field goal. So, you know, they got five points out of it. But it was just a bad game. And the Jets, I mean, I believe they scored in their first possession. So it wasn't too bad. And But, you know, Dolphins end up getting their first win of the season. Dolphins are still a terrible team. I mean, you can't tell me any different. But they end up beating the Jets. It'll probably be their only win of the year. But it's funny because last time I remember the Miami Dolphins in 2007, I believe. They were 1 15. And then in 2008, they ended up winning like 10 games. So, or I think 11 games, actually. So, you know, it, it can happen fast. So, I mean, just because you're bad one year, don't mean you can't turn it around really quickly. So, let's not act like the Dolphins are going to be bad for 10, 15 years. I mean, teams go through ups and downs all the time. I mean, you can think about a team like the Cardinals this year. I remember a couple years ago when they had, you know, Carson Palmer and David Johnson and Larry Fitz and all those guys, the Bruce Arians years. They were contenders for like a good three to four years. So, I mean, things just things just happen. Don't think the New, New England Patriots are like the the standard for a team. Most teams are not good for 20 plus years. Most teams, are, you know, they have good a good five, six years and they have a bad couple years and they're back. And then it's just the New Englands are not New England Patriots are not like the standard for a good team. So that's usually how it goes. And also staying with the AFC East, don't do not sleep on Buffalo. I know a lot of people think they can't beat any good teams, but I still expect Buffalo to win a, about eleven games. I looked at their schedule; they're six and two. They have five games against very winnable teams left. I mean, they're at Cleveland, they're at Miami, they they got a, they got a home game against Denver and the Jets, and they're at Pittsburgh. Now, years past, Pittsburgh would not be a winnable game, but right now, Pittsburgh is a very very winnable game. Because they don't have their quarterback. I mean, James Conner is going through things. The defense is not what it was. They still have a uh, TJ Watt. He's really good. But uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, who actually had a nice kick, re- uh, not kick return, interception return for a touchdown against Indianapolis. But you, they could, uh, Bills could definitely win that game. So going against Mason Rudolph. So I could, I definitely expect the Bills to win 11 games. And maybe they'll win one of those tough games. Maybe they'll beat New England. And uh, they still have Dallas on the schedule, I believe. So. Who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe they can win 12 games. I doubt that. I would definitely say they should win at least 11 games. They just take care of business against the team that they're supposed to beat. Buffalo could uh, for sure make the playoffs this season. But uh, speaking of Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis, they sh- they lost to Pittsburgh over- on Sunday. They really should have won because Adam Vinatieri, he missed the field goal bad. And Jacoby Brissett is actually hurt now. He had to leave the game. Brian Horry came in the game. Which honestly, I didn't realize Brian Horry played for the Indianapolis Colts. Brian Horry is kind of like um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, where they played for like seventy-two teams apiece. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, Brian Horry hasn't played for that many teams. I believe he played for New England as a backup. He played for Cleveland, I believe, for a little while. And I, I want to say he played for Houston one year, but I, my memory is a little cloudy on him because he's been a pretty much a backup for like every team he's been on, except for Cleveland. So it's hard to keep up with backup quarterbacks. But, um, yes, they ended up losing that game, and they, they drove down, and, you know, they just ended up he, – he, Adam Vinatieri missed the field goal. So, if he would – it was a 43-yard field goal, very makeable. I mean, this is a guy that pretty much won three Super Bowls for New England back in the day, and he's a kicker. So, you would think, you know, kickers don't really get old. Like, I hate when people say, oh, he's the ageless one. But, I mean, he, he's a kicker. Like, I mean, you, you should be, like – like being a 42-year-old kicker, shouldn't, it's not being a 42-year-old wide receiver or being a 42-year-old linebacker or something. It's just, 
he's a kicker. Like he, he should he should still be able to make a 43-yard field goal. Like he missed it bad too. It was like it wasn't even close. I mean, even if it was like two inches to the left, he still would have been like way too far over. So that was a bad loss for Indianapolis because they're trying to keep pace with Houston. And Houston is this their rule, and they pretty much destroyed Jacksonville in their London game. And but speaking of Jacksonville. Uh, Nick Foles is coming back. He broke his collarbone like week one against the Chiefs. Uh, Gardner Minshew came in, which nobody ever even heard of this guy, unless you're like a diehard college football fan, which I'm not. And he came in and, you know, Minshew Mania started. Everybody with the fake mustaches and all. And I actually really like Gardner Minshew. I think he's going to be a really, really good quarterback in this league. So Jacksonville, even with them, now Minshew, he had a bad game against um Houston in London. Uh, it was doing pretty solid in the first quarter, I believe. And then they really couldn't get anything going in the in between time. Then the fourth quarter when they were behind, it was just there were there were like two interceptions. There were one there were there was one fumble. So they had like three turnovers in the in the fourth quarter alone, like late in the game. So that was uh tough. But now with Nick Foles being healthy again, it was just perfect timing for him. And they have a bye week this week, so you know Nick Foles has about two weeks to prepare for their next game and maybe they can make a playoff run because i think they're four and five i believe now so but i mean they're still in the race i mean there's no dominant teams in the afc south right now i mean uh houston is six and three uh indianapolis is five and three so it, it could really it could really be up for grabs i mean it's definitely not over for the jacksonville jaguars so they could for sure make a push for maybe not the division but they could for sure make a push for at least a wild card especially with a guy like nick Foles. and i'm an eagles fan obviously so i see what nick i've seen firsthand what nick Foles can do and they have some really really good receivers they have uh keelan cole and dj shark has been really good Leonard Fournette is third in the league in rushing which i didn't even realize he was having that good of a season this year i, I knew he was good but I, I didn't know he was top three in rushing so this year at least but um yeah that was a good one but um so we're going to talk about the ir as well so deshaun jackson i already touched on this because i'm an eagles fan so i already touched on him going to ir that pretty much changes a lot for the eagles and then we have cam newton going to the injury reserve as well now cam newton has a play since week two so this really doesn't change much for carolina to actually start winning when he wasn't playing i mean they lost their first two games you know, one, uh, I think, five in a row, but Kyle Allen until they end up, they ran into San Francisco, who's the best team in the league right now. Let's just say it right now. We have to include San Francisco. We have to stop saying New England is better because they just lost. And I know them being the only undefeated team doesn't necessarily mean you're the best team in the league. It could just be circumstances of your schedule and all that and just timing. But right now you have to say that San Fran is the best team in the league. I probably would still take Green Bay or New Orleans over them right now, like in a head-to-head matchup. But right now, in this moment, in week 10, San Francisco is the best team in the league. But I'm getting sidetracked. Back to Cam Newton. So, Kyle Allen, he was winning games for them until they finally lost the game. But they ended up winning again. They beat Tennessee last week. So, I mean, it really doesn't change anything. I don't even think they probably didn't expect Cam Newton to come back this year anyway. So, so Kyle Allen really could. He's already entrenched as a starter for the rest of the season. As long as they just pretty much lean on Christian McCaffrey and I guess their defense, they should be okay. So, um, but the NFC South is uh, 
Nah, I mean, nah it's, only, it's pretty much a two-team race. I mean, they're not going to win a division because New Orleans is pretty much going to run away with that. And, you know, they don't have to worry about Tampa Bay or the Atlanta Falcons. So Carolina should be entrenched in that, that second position in the division. So they're definitely going to be hunting for a wild card. So, so um, yes. So let's – I want to talk a little bit about a rule that needs to be changed now. I was on the temp. I, I just talked about Tampa Bay a couple of seconds ago. Now I know we only care about rules when it's a standalone game, when it's a Monday night game, when it's a playoff game, when it's a Super Bowl, and we only care about rules when it's our team that's being affected by it. But I was watching the Seattle and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, and it went to overtime, which you know, see, it probably should never even went to overtime. Seattle had the chance to win the game in, at the end of regulation. The kicker who had a terrible game. He missed a field goal early. He missed an extra point. Then he missed another field goal at the end. He missed a field goal that which would have won the game as time expired. But then it didn't didn't really matter. No harm, no foul. Seattle got the ball uh, to start overtime. They went right down the field and they scored a touchdown. They didn't even need their kicker in the overtime. So, but you know they went down the field and they scored. But then it got me thinking like I don't like this rule where. So years ago, you know. Overtime starts, you kick the ball to a team, they receive, or you receive, you kick the, kick the ball to a team, they would go down the field, they would get down to about the 20-yard line, they would kick a field goal, game would be over. And that was getting a little boring, and I guess the NFL decided to change the rule. And it started in the playoffs of 2011, I believe, where, you know, they implemented kind of the college rule, but not really. So they wanted both teams to have a chance in overtime. But if so, if they ended up kicking a field goal, the other team would still have a chance to either kick a field goal and tie it, where the game would keep going, or if the other team gets a touchdown, then the other team wins. But that that was where they wanted to have let both teams have a chance in overtime. Now, if they're going to do this rule, they have to go all the way, and it's nine years later, and they still haven't changed it. Now, if you're going to give both teams a chance, you have to give both teams a chance, even if the first team scores the touchdown. Now, it's not fair that. The team can go down the field and score a touchdown, and the other team just doesn't touch the ball. If you're going to go, you have to go all the way. You can't say both teams are going to have a chance only if the first team gets a field goal. What about when that team gets a touchdown? I, I just still feel like they should change this rule to not exactly what college is because college, they give them the ball at the 25-yard line. Then they're just going back and forth for touchdowns. I just feel like both teams should have a chance. I think that college rule should change as well. I feel like they should both definitely get chances, but they should just kick the ball off and let them actually travel the entire field and actually time it. Though. So don't, even if you don't time it, just, you know, it could be an untimed thing like it is in college right now where, but they have to actually go down the length of the field. Don't just give them the ball already pretty much in the red zone. I mean, you're, you're doing 75% of the work for them. So that's, that's not fair to me at all. But back to the NFL, where it just—it's not right to me that it's only convenient when they s- score a touchdown. Now, like I said, I know people only complain about it when it happens against their team. So I actually have no dog in this fight right now. But I just want to see it where you go all the way. I don't want to see where a team just scores a touchdown and the game is over. I feel like the other team should still get a shot to make up that touchdown. Like that's just my opinion. So. It's a lot of rules that I probably would change. Like another thing, like um, like I said something a couple weeks ago about when, when a team fumbles out the end zone, it shouldn't be a safety. It should just maybe like go back to the 20-yard line or something like that. Because if a team fumbles the ball out of bounds, they still get the ball right there. So it, it's not fair that if, because they fumbled out of, in, out the, through the end zone, 
they lose they lose complete possession of the ball. Like that that makes no sense to me at all. Like I mean, if you're going to do that, maybe if a team is at the 25 yard line and they fumble out of bounds, why not give the team the ball then? Why not give the opposing team the ball then? Why is the only one that's out the end zone? And another one is um pass interference. I feel like pass interference shouldn't be a spot foul anymore. There's too many times where a team throws the ball, uh, like a quarterback throws the ball 40, 50 yards down the field, he underthrows the ball, and that actually helps out the receiver because they're coming back for the ball, and the cornerback doesn't know where it's at, and he ends up pulling like the receiver down, you know, not on purpose, just not malicious or anything. He just ends up doing it because the, he's trying to come back to the ball, and then they get a 40-yard, 50-yard penalty down the, down, the, uh, down the field, and they didn't do anything to deserve that. That to me is a rule that also needs to be changed. But right now, I'm strictly talking about the overtime rule. So, like I said, they need either double or nothing. They need to either go hard or go home. They need to either like change it to where they're going to give a team a chance, even when the other team scores a touchdown, or go back to the old way where you're going to just let them kick a field goal and just end the game right there. So, I just had that on my mind, so I had to just talk about that. But um. I want to talk about the Packers also. So the Packers, you know, they started off 2-0, I believe. Then they ended up losing to my Eagles. And that was the only loss that they had all year until they ran into the L.A. Chargers. Now, the L.A. Chargers have had um, kind of an up-and-down season. More downs than ups, though, as well. I mean, their window was still open, but it's been a really, really disappointing year for them. I mean, I remember they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Sunday night game against Mason Rudolph. Actually, no, Mason Rudolph wasn't even playing that game. It was that, that backup guy. I can't even think of his name right now. The third string guy. And, you know, but the Packers, they didn't do anything in this game. I mean, offensively, this is probably the worst I've ever seen the Packers offense look since since Aaron Rodgers has been a quarterback. So, um, I don't think the Chargers set a blueprint or anything to beat the Packers because the Los Angeles Chargers, they have some pretty, pretty good players on that line that other teams just can't really duplicate. I mean, when you have Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa and Brandon Meebane and you have Denzel Perryman and you, you got Casey Hayward and you got guys like that, like you can do a lot, especially those two guys in the line that I mentioned, like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. When you have two guys like that, I mean, he had those guys, he had Aaron Rodgers under pressure all day and other teams just can't really duplicate that. You, you can't, other, other teams just don't have those two players. So, you can't say all oh, other teams would just do the same thing because you just don't have it. You don't have the equipment. You don't have the same equipment to do what those guys did. So, but the Chargers really made the Packers look really, really bad. I mean, they look terrible. I mean, they ended up with like 184 yards total. A lot of those yards was like in the fourth quarter when it was already like 26 to three or whatever. So, end up getting like a touchdown and a two point conversion, I believe. Then. Packers end up getting the ball back at the end. So, you know, they got some garbage time yards. So even the numbers, they, as bad as they look, 184 yards, it was actually way worse than that. I mean, at one point in the first quarter, they had like negative two yards. So, and I don't even think they had 80 yards by halftime. So it was, it was bad for them. But um, they lost, but the Minnesota Vikings also lost. So it really wasn't a huge deal, but they could have got some separation from them because they played at four o'clock and the Vikings played at one o'clock. They lost to the Chiefs. So with them watching the Vikings lose, they could have definitely, you know, got like a, a entire game over the Minnesota Vikings, but they couldn't really capitalize on that. So um that's that. Um just trying to think what else I wanted to get into. 
talked about San Francisco. I talked about Jacoby Brissett. Now, Jacoby Brissett being out. Uh, so, they're playing the Miami Dolphins this week. Honestly, if I'm Jacoby Brissett, if I'm the Colts, I'll probably just send him out. And he might be able to play. Um, but the MCL sprain is not too serious. I mean, the, the test showed that he could probably play play through it. But like I said, I would probably just sit him out because they're playing the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know it sounds harsh and a lot of teams, you know, in the public, they want to say, oh, no, you got to treat every team the same. But, you know, behind closed doors, you, you pretty much know what they're thinking. So, um, yeah, I would just rest him and just get ready for the next team. Because even if he couldn't play, I feel like Brian Horry is a good backup quarterback. I feel like Brian Horry could definitely play about, you know, a good two, three weeks. And then when you're a backup quarterback, you're good, your good backup quarterback should um, for sure be able to give you about two, three weeks. After those three weeks, I always say usually you pretty much know who you are. And you're not really going to reach the ceiling of what you want to be with your backup quarterback. You have to have your starter back by then. But Brian Horry is a solid backup quarterback. He's a veteran. He's been around a long time. And the Colts, the strength of their team is the offensive line. According to Pro Football Focus, they have the best offensive line in the entire league. Uh, Quentin Nelson, actually, he actually left the last game. Um, he should be back, though, as well. So if they had Quentin Nelson back, they should be okay. Because you can lean on that. You can lean on your running backs. You have Wilkins. You have Marlon Mack. And uh, Tupac Hilton is still out, though, I believe. I don't know if he's playing this week, but I know he missed the last game. And... Uh, Pascal, the the wide receiver, he he had a really really good game last week. So they might have, you know, sometimes injuries, you know, it might emerge another player. So you never know. But the Colts are still in the race for um, the division because, like I said, the, it's not like Houston is running away or nothing because they and Indianapolis actually beat Houston last time they played them. So they they had the edge over them on that as well. So um, so it's um, pretty much all I got on football that I wanted to cover. And let's just shift to some basketball now. So LeBron had his third straight triple-double last night against the Bulls. Came back from a 19-point deficit. Uh, They won six in a row, I believe. They lost their first game against the Clippers. And ever since then, they haven't lost. So um, the Los Angeles Lakers are playing really good. They got Kyle Kuzma back. Uh, Anthony Davis had a bad game last night, but they still ended up winning. I mean, they should have beat the Bulls. If they would have lost to the Bulls, that would have been a terrible loss, especially being down 19. If they would have lost to them by double digits, that really, really would have been a bad look. But they ended up winning the game, so, you know, no harm, no foul. But um, that's that. Uh, the Sixers end up losing to the Suns because of Devin Booker. Scott Devin Booker always puts up these crazy numbers against us, which to me, they're empty numbers. I really don't care. Like, you can score all the points you want. I mean, Devin Booker scores 37 points a game just to win – 20, 22 games a year. So to me, I, I really don't care. Uh, a lot of people were like, I don't know if it's just Sixers fans or Philadelphia fans, or if it's just this like social media age where it's like instant gratification. But a lot of players, oh, if I Brett Brown, uh, Ben Simmons had a terrible game. Oh my God, we suck. Like we need to like, come on, cut it out. Y'all. Like no team in the NBA history has ever gone 82 and no. So calm down. All right. Like, I don't know. If people just expected us to just beat every single team. But you're on a five-game road trip. Like I said, I would take three and two on this road trip. So if they win two more games, I'm okay. We got Utah tonight, I believe. So, I mean, you you went out Joel B for the second straight game, which he's coming back tonight now because, you know, suspension, not an injury. Calm down, people. But 
Like they lost the they lost the road game. Like I always say, you just have to have a great home record, and you can pretty much be 500 on the road. It really doesn't matter. Trust me, when Phoenix comes here to Philly, I don't know when they come here, but we're, we're going to beat them in Phoenix. I mean, we're going to beat them when they come to Philly. Trust me, like, and I pretty much feel 100% sure about that. So I'm not worried at all. So I know Ben Simmons had a bad game, but you know he's going to have more get back more good games to bag in. In the NBA, there's 82, there's 82 games. There's like couple, there's like five, six months worth of basketball to watch. So like, just calm down, people. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X, relax. Like for real, just just chill out, y'all. So um, the last basketball story I want to get into is uh, Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi Leonard is playing the Bucks tonight. I believe it's a nationally televised game on ESPN. And Kawhi Leonard is not playing. Like, I would love to see Kawhi go against Giannis. I mean, it would have been a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Uh, Giannis just got his revenge on the Toronto Raptors, but it's really not the same because it's not the same team. But, I mean, it's pretty much the same team just without Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors aren't going to win anything. So, they're not contending for a championship or nothing this year. But this would have been the real rematch. And the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm pretty sure they were looking forward to this competition. And I'm sure they were looking forward to this contest. And for a nationally televised game, then we got a... I was just saying some. I believe I said this in my... Last, last time I talked about the NBA on this podcast, I, I talked about this. There's nothing worse than when you're looking at uh, a nationally televised game. You're about to sit down. You're about to watch two good teams go against each other. And then the star player doesn't play. And it's just like, like, come on. Like, I don't want to watch a backup. I want to see the stars. Like, the NBA, the good thing about the NBA is, like, their stars, like, the star power. That's the most important thing in the NBA. It's like the players. Like, again, that's why they don't wear helmets because they're stars, you know? Like, so, and I don't know if this is Kawhi Leonard's team. I don't know if he had an agreement with, like, Doc Rivers and the guys before he signed with them. Like, no, I need these amount of games off per year. And that was like an agreement upon signing, or if this is just a team just trying to baby him still. And he's a year removed from like that injury. So, I mean, I, I, last year I couldn't even understand because he was coming off an entire year of not playing. And they were like gearing up for the playoffs. And, you know, you don't want to come off a, a whole year of pretty much playing. We played seven games that, that season, I believe, uh, two years ago. And then last year, it's okay. You know, we're trying to ease you back in. So, like, you know, we don't want to get put too much on your plate. I understood it last year. I really did. Like, And, you know, it was Toronto Raptors. So, he was there for a year. We're pretty much trying to convince you to stay here. So, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that you do not want to leave us. But this year, you already have him on the contract. He's a, he's a whole year removed from that. Like, he's fine. Like, he's good. He's not injured. He hasn't had any injuries, like, since two years ago. Like, and before two years ago, he hasn't had any injuries before that. Like, no major injuries that I can remember. So, to me, I just feel like it's too early for this low management nonsense. I mean, low management. Like, for a guy that's 28 years old in this, this ninth year, fifth year, sixth how many years has he been in the league? Like, I mean, come on. Like, this is not a guy like... This is not LeBron James in the 17th season. This is not Kobe at the end of his career. This is not Tim Duncan at the end of his career. This is not none of those guys. Like, this guy's in the prime of his life right now. Like, right now is literally what we're going to be looking back on and saying that's when Kawhi was at his best. Like, when we talk about, you know, like 2000 Shaq and and 2001 uh, Iverson and 
2012 LeBron or 2006 Dwayne Wade. Like there's certain guys that you say that was the time he was at his best. Like that's prime this guy or prime that guy, prime you name it. This is the prime of Kawhi Leonard right now. Why are you sitting this guy like for low management when he doesn't need it? Like guys back in the day, there was no low management back in the day. You think Allen Iverson was sitting back, sitting down back in the day? Iverson, if he could, he would have played 48 minutes every single night, every single game. Never have taken the game off. There was a story back when Iverson, uh, I mean, I don't know how true the story is, but I remember hearing he never wanted to come off, the, like uh, go to the bench. And there was one time when Larry Brown sat him on the bench for like you know, a couple minutes at a time. Probably wasn't that long. It was probably because Iverson just always wanted to play. And by the time Larry Brown finally said, all right, Iverson, check back in. And I remember, like I said, I don't know how true this is, but I just heard it years ago. And Iverson, as he was walking by Larry Brown, he said, about effing time. And that's what Iverson was. Like, it was. He was a competitor. He did not want to sit. Like, And these guys, I don't know, this whole uh, quote unquote low management thing is just like a new thing that just started off like the last five years. Like, I mean, Tim Duncan started a couple years ago where he would just rest his guys for like national games. There was one game when the Heat and the Spurs like were going against each other and Greg Popovich sat all his guys. He sat like Duncan and Kawhi and Parker and Ginobili and I'm just like, it's nothing more disappointing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, the only thing I can say is that it's good that they told us, they told us ahead of time. It's not like they waited till eight o'clock to say, oh, he's not playing. So now it's like, I'm not watching this game tonight. I, I don't care anything at all about this game. But again, this low management stuff has to stop, man. It really does. So I just, I just don't understand it at all. But um, so sorry for ranting on and off. I get, I get a little crazy sometimes when it comes to sports. But that's why it's called Sports Talk with Chris, because you're going to talk sports with Chris. So that's pretty much all I got for tonight. So um. I'll see you guys next time. I'm going to head out. And remember, guys, it's uh, just a game. Peace.